The official Jets podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen here at One Jets Drive, joined by ESPN senior NFL insider Adam Schefter. So great to have you in the studio. Eric, thank you for getting the title right. And thank you for having me. It is a great honor to be here. This is the first training camp of the summer that I'm visiting. This is the week that I'm going out. I'll be out at a bunch of different camps this week for the first time. But this is where we start this year, and I'm very excited to be here. It's a great honor. Can you believe you've been covering the National Football League since 1990? 33 years, and a lot has changed, and a lot has stayed the same. And it's still more popular than ever before. What a great honor to get to do this as long as I have and to meet so many great people along the way and form some meaningful relationships and have some nice professional relationships. And what a great thing. You know, I grew up as a little boy as a Jets fan. So if you had said to me, 43, 53 years from now, you'll be sitting in the Jets training complex, doing a podcast, hanging out there on a day where they have training camp practice. The young boy in me would have lost his mind, lost his mind. And now, this morning, I was thinking, oh, wow. I tried to hearken back to that and summon that up in me. Like, the little boy in me would love this so much. And even as an adult, I have great appreciation for it, but it's a little bit different as a professional, as opposed to the young guy who would call Jets players in the hotel the night before the game to wish them luck, like I used to. You are a Valley Stream, New York native. Uh, I was born in Valley Stream, but I grew up in Belmore. Right. And you went to JFK High School, correct? Belmore JFK. So who were your guys being a Jets fan? Who were the players that you admired the most? Well, everybody always loved Joe Namath, Mm -hmm. but he played a little bit before me. The New York Sack Exchange was right in my fanhood of being a Jets fan. Richard Todd lived in the Hamlet in Jericho. Mm. My cousin moved from Belmore to the Hamlet. He lived two blocks away from Richard Todd's condo. And one time we rang the doorbell and he opened the door and I didn't even know what to say. I was tongue tied. I'm like, oh my God, there is the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. Wesley Walker was probably my single favorite player growing up. Loved watching him. Lance Mill, Greg Buttle. When Joe Klecko was reciting the names of all the defensive players on the defense that he played with at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, there wasn't a name that he said that I didn't remember. Not one. Remembered every one of the names he said. Have you ever told Wesley Walker that perhaps he was your favorite? You know, I don't think I met him. Really? Yeah, I was at the Jersey unveil party where my daughter, Dylan, was interviewing some of the Jets players then, and he was there. uh, But I don't think I had the chance to actually speak with him that night. He was... I loved Wesley Walker as a kid. Yeah. For a kid who grew up on Long Island, what do you think about the Jets' legacy throwbacks? They're great. <laughs> I mean, I've got no problem if they want to wear the throwbacks all the time. Yeah. They look tremendous. It's a sharp look. Sharp, clean, crisp look. Jets will be wearing those opening night, September 11th, against the Buffalo Bills. And then in week four, when we might see that first ever meeting between Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. That should be pretty fun. Right? Yeah, I would say so. So what... <laughs> Was your offseason like covering the whole Aaron Rodgers dynamic unfold 
starts the offseason with the Packers. Maybe he's going to retire. Well, is he going to play? Is he going to stay? And then finally, you're the one who broke the news as far as the trade finally happening. Well, really, if you think about it, two of the past three offseasons have been Aaron Rodgers dominated because it was the draft in 2021, I guess it was, in Cleveland. And that was where, on draft day, ESPN reported that he wanted out. And so everybody was tracking that to see whether or not he would return when there were some questions in his own mind about that. And he decided to go back, and I don't really know that he made that decision until that week of. Um, but that was a Aaron Rodgers-dominant offseason two offseasons ago. And then this one... I remember floating out there, I think it was the wild card weekend, that Aaron Rodgers or the Green Bay Packers were open to trading him. Open to trading him. And I wasn't completely sure about it. I had heard some things about it, so didn't tweet it, didn't follow it to the just kind of educated speculation, <laughs> right? Yeah. And some people kind of passed it on as a report. I'm like, well, if I'm gonna report this, I might as well just really dig into this and check into it. And then the next week we reported that the Green Bay Packers were, in fact, per sources, open to trading him. And we see where it all went. And Aaron Rodgers is now here. And I just think, you know, when something like that happens, whenever there's a generational player that changes teams, whether it's Peyton Manning going from Indianapolis to Denver or Tom Brady going from New England to Tampa or Aaron Rodgers going from Green Bay to New York, I just think it's so... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It just, it fires up everybody. Like there's, it's all new. It's exciting. Right. It's fresh, right? It's a different look. And you know what? I think it brought Peyton Manning to life and gave him a little bit of a second win and fired him up. And the same thing with Tom Brady. I think it's going to have the same effect with Aaron Rodgers coming to New York. What did you think about the reaction to you breaking that on live TV? I don't know if I'm live, well, and that you, means that if... Well, you, you know what happened? Yeah. It, it, it <laughs> got taken a little bit out of context because what happened was, um, look, it's no surprise that he was traded to the Jets. Right. Not a surprise. So when people saw the reactions, you know, people, oh, ooh, ooh, right? What happened was the news is coming in in real time, and NFL Live had just started. So literally, I get a text on the compensation. Yes. And I'm reading the compensation on air. Now, if I had time to process all the information and think about it, I would have said, okay, and here's the trade. The Jets and Packers have swapped first-round picks. But that's not what I said, Eric, because it was just coming in. Right. And you're looking at it, and I said, and here's what the Jets <laughs> gave up, a first-round pick. And, and that's when everyone went, What? Yeah. What? First-round pick? Well, yeah, well, they gave up a first-round pick, got back a first-round pick, and then there were other trade picks involved in the deal. So, again, not intentionally, but it was a little bit misrepresented, the trade, the compensation, when I first sold it to them because I didn't have time to sit back, evaluate it, and say, okay, here's what happened. The two teams swap ones, and the Packers also get this. Yeah. I just said the Packers get a first-round pick, and that's when Mina Kimes and Marcus Spears and Dan Orlovsky lost their minds. Like, they got a first-round pick? Oh, my God. that Because that's what everybody was waiting to see. What does Green Bay get back yeah. for Aaron Rodgers? Well, that's what they got back. Yeah, you were telling Spears, Swagoo, 
Hold on, but- <laughs> hold on, hold on. That's what I said, right? Like, hold on. Let me get to the full compensation. And in a matter of seconds, we did, but not before the meme was born. How much of an adrenaline rush is that for you during that time? Because you've broken so many stories over the years. But again, this- well, let me say this. I don't care how many years you do this. If you don't have adrenaline and excitement over a big story, then it's time to get out of the business. Yeah. Okay. And I had an idea that it was coming down that day. And my daughter, who's in the studio right now, could testify to this. <laughs> uh, we were in the kitchen. I was waiting to see if it was going to happen, if it was going to happen. And I was like kind of pacing like an expectant father, you know, because I was just trying to nail it down and I couldn't nail it down. And, you know, whenever there's a big story going on, it's, it's tense for a reporter just as a big game would be tense for a player or a coach who's involved in it. It's, right. it's you know, it, it's relative to each profession. So any big story always, of course, I don't care what it is. Yeah, you know, your adrenaline's pumping, your heart's racing, you feel it. And if you don't, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. What's your sense from watching Aaron Rodgers from afar? And you're going to be talking to people in the building here today, but as far as that fire that still burns and how he's been received here yeah. and how much he likes his new location, his new teammates and everything in this spot for a 39-year-old man who's going to be 40 in December, but has made it clear that he wants to win another championship. From afar, he looks really happy. Yeah. He looks really happy. And we know he's going to be motivated. I mean, all you have to do is look at what a change of scenery did for any great player, especially any great quarterback. The names that I brought up, Peyton Manning, inspired, won a Super Bowl, though the defense, I think, obviously played a huge part in that. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford, traded away, won a Super Bowl. Now, I'm not telling Aaron Rodgers is going to win a Super Bowl. There would be an eruption in New York that we could not properly gauge and measure, Um, but it certainly makes it interesting and fun and exciting and no disrespect to any other quarterback who are playing here this year. But if the Jets had their status quo quarterback situation as opposed to Aaron Rodgers, would there be the level of excitement around this team that there is? Would the Jets be opening on Monday night against the Bills in the first Monday night game of the season? Would they be on six primetime games? Would they have hard knocks? Would all these things be happening were it not for the presence of one particular individual. Now, the Jets had much of the nucleus in place, uh, much of the infrastructure in place, but the acquisition of one man changed the expectations, changed the hopes, changed the excitement and energy surrounding this entire franchise. You're in the building every day. Mm -hmm. You tell me, is there a difference here this summer compared to last summer? This is my 23rd season with the Jets. I started in 01. This was the most highly anticipated training camp of all. Now, they traded for Favre in 08, but that was actually during a preseason game, as you remember, against the Cleveland Browns. But then you think about 09 and 10 with Rex Ryan after you advanced the AFC Championship game in 2009, but you had high expectations in 2010. But you're talking about, one of the top players who's ever played the game with this young roster. And it's just like the hope is on full, I think, for the fan base. You're in the building every day. Yeah. I'll bet you there's a certain energy here mm-hmm. 
that hasn't been here in other years. That's just my guess. I completely agree with that. Yeah, okay. Everybody's feeling it. Right. Whether it's on the football side, the business side, everybody feels it coming That's in. That's right. Here. And yeah. so it's it's fun. It's exciting. You brought up the Favre trade. And again, just to go back to the element of trades and everything, I remember that when that came down. You yeah. know, I was working, I believe at that time, for the NFL Network. I was. And I remember getting word that that trade had just happened and piecing together the details of the trade. And it didn't happen live on ESPN's NFL Live the way that did. It was a different day and age. Uh, social media was relatively new at that point in time. But big trades are big trades. And big stories are big stories. And big moves involving big players are big moves involving big players that have ramifications and aftershocks that are felt for weeks after. What would it do for Aaron Rodgers' legacy if he wins big here? Because he already is an all-time great. He could put a period at the end of the sentence. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer right now, one of the best. Well, you know what it, you know what it would do is he doesn't need any more glory or any more accomplishments or any more stats to be a Hall of Fame guy on the first ballot. But what it would do for him is it would make him an all-time New York sporting legend, which right now he's just not because he just got to the market, right? But if he were to come in and somehow find a way to help lead the Jets to a Super Bowl title, even just to even think about it, talk about it, like it's, it's crazy to even say it, but if somehow he were able to do it, he goes down with every New York sporting legend, Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio and Tom Seaver and Willis Reed and Walt Frazier and Gary Carter and Keith Hernandez and Mookie Wilson and Bucky Dent and Ron Guidry and all these guys, Reggie Jackson, all these guys that have been such a part of New York sports lore over time. Aaron Rodgers the longtime quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. He gets added into the mix of all the people that I grew up watching, of all the people that New York and New Jersey has have cheered on. He gets added to that list. He's going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's an all-time great. So if he comes here, plays a few years, and has some success, and they don't win, well, the numbers get built upon but in my mind, when he gives up all that money. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. But yeah. when, he, when he gives up all that money, he's saying, I want to help out the team. I've made a lot of money. Like, that's unprecedented to give up that much money out of pocket. Like, players restructure. They just move it around. They don't give it back. He gave it back. And when he gives it back, I almost view it, and I haven't asked him this. I'd, I'd like to. Does he view it as an investment? To where if it pays off and if it helps the Jets acquire more pieces that help them somehow win a Super Bowl. And again, I understand we're getting carried away, but we're playing in that hypothetical world right now. But if they were somehow able to do that, think of all the ads that Joe Namath, I left him off the list, by the way. He might be front and center on the New York sports shows, but think of all the ads and all the extra income that he's generated sure. in New York for the rest of his life from the moment he wins the Super Bowl, right? Like he he's forever a sporting legend in New York, a Jets hero, a Super Bowl 
icon. Aaron Rodgers goes into that category if he can find a way to do that, right? Like, big-time stuff for the rest of his life, always, right? Like, always. Michael, you- Michael Strahan, Lawrence Taylor. I forgot the— Like, some of those names are coming back to me. Brian Trottier. You know the one— Mark Messier. Messier. That's Mark the one Messier. person— I was talking to Peter King about this. We had him on the pod a couple of weeks ago, and he was sitting in the chair you are right now. And, and I said, would it be like Messier and steroids? Yeah. yeah, it would. And you know why it would be? Because as loyal as hockey fans are, and that is as passionate a fan base as there is, and I don't mean this to any disrespect, football is just a more popular sport. Mm, yeah. So when I was at a charity fundraiser two Mondays ago, and Mark Messier was there. It was a big deal that he was there. And he's done great work for ESPN, and he's a legend. But if a football guy does that in New York? How many years had it been since the Rangers had won a Stanley Cup when they won one? Do we remember? Off the top of our heads? It had been a while. Yes. I don't know if it's 50-plus years uh, like it is with the Jets in the Super Bowl. Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The WinBet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet's sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager. Were you surprised at the numbers when you heard about the restructuring? What those numbers actually came out to? I I think the restructuring had been agreed to in June, way back when. Right. And the only question was what the numbers were going to be. And they turned out to be, I think, a little bit larger than people i i knew it was going to be big i just didn't know specifically what the number was going to be and i knew it there was an agreement to do this the day they traded for him so like it was all in place it was all in place it was all there to get done by the way my daughter texted me the last time the rangers had won a stanley cup was 1940 when so they that in 94 so, so it was 54. 54 years that's right so it's similar Dylan's always on top yeah, of it. Well, it's good to have a research system on hand. Yes, I, I agree with that. Um, is this a perfect storm for Rodgers entering a situation where, hey, this is very much unlike Brady because Brady had to come into a situation where talented roster, big expectations, but we had to merge offenses with Bruce Arians where Rodgers comes in right. here. and Knows the offense. Yeah, and this is his guy, Nathaniel Hackett. He yeah. says this is – and the team is pretty good. Right. And the team is pretty good. Better than people think. I, that's what I think. I mean, I think there's more talent than people realize. Jets fans know that the team has some talent. But I think people on the outside look at the Jets and they just think of the Jets. Right? That's how I think of it. Well, that's what I would ask you. Because you know it better than me from a national perspective a thousand times over. But I, I'm of that philosophy right now that I think that people might not realize how good the Jets are because of their past. And that's fine. Like, it doesn't really matter. Yep. It's going to matter what they do this season. So if the Jets don't have, quote-unquote, national respect, so what? Right. Who cares? Yeah. 
It's all there for them this season. Guess what? If they play well, if they make the playoffs, if they win the division, if they advance in the postseason, there's going to be so much conversation about them that people will be sick of hearing about the Jets. People, you could argue right now, might be sick. Well, yeah, I mean, Jets. yeah, if you turn on ESPN, they're going to be talked about a lot. But they should be, if you really think about just the Rodgers dynamic added to the equation. Uh, and, by the, and by the way, he's an incredible quarterback who's a polarizing figure who comes to a media market NFL team. Like, it's all the elements in place to be a very discussed story yeah. and has been and will continue to be as long as they do their part and win games. If they don't, they'll be mocked and criticized as failing with this experiment. That also is the downside and the flip side to all the hope and excitement that now exists surrounding this team. So it's up to them to determine exactly how this is going to play out. Do you like the leadership structure and think about what the Jets have done as far as turning this roster around since Robert Sala's first year and that connection, the synergy that he has with Jets GM Joe Douglas? Great synergy. I mean, Joe knows talent, and I think Robert is a leader of men. So you have two people, I think, who are very qualified to do what they can. But I always think of it like this, honestly. Like, Robert can be a great leader, and I think he is, and Joe can be a great evaluator of talent, and I think he is. But if the quarterback comes in and struggles and throws picks and doesn't play well, it doesn't matter how much of a leader of a man you it doesn't matter how much of a leader of men you are yeah. or what a great talent evaluator you are. Yeah. You need the quarterback play. So they now have the chess piece in place to give them the quarterback play that they need to make Robert an even better leader than he already is and show an even better talent evaluator than he already is. Because when you win, everybody gets raised. Everybody gets elevated. Yeah. And you're not going to win unless you have a good quarterback. And they've got a good quarterback. So if they're going to win, the social media department is going to be one of the best in the league. <laughs> the business department is going to be outstanding for all the sales they make. The coaching staff is going to be a leader of men. The front office is going to be outstanding for all the talent that they've uncovered. Yeah. In addition, I mean, we could break it down any which way. <laughs> in football, so much of it comes back to the quarterback. Like, how many coaches got jobs in New England because of Tom Brady? How many free agents got big deals because of Tom Brady? I mean, it's just a fact of life. It's interesting that he was commenting the other day about Robert Salons saying, you know, I really enjoy this because I haven't been around a defensive head coach before. Well, he's been around Mike McCarthy, and he's been around uh, Mike McCartney, and he's been around uh, Mike McCarthy, <laughs> the agent, the coach. And he's been around Matt LaFleur. Right. So his experiences are with offensive guys. Uh, so it is different for him. It's new. And and he obviously has to feel a tremendous sense of comfort on the offensive side with Nathaniel Hackett. So look, look, it's all new to him in so many ways. And and I think it's like somebody who moves, changes jobs, changes cities after 18 years or whatever it is. How many years did he play in group? 18? 18 years. 18 years in one place, 
you know, after a while, you know what? Like you've been living in the same house for 18 years. You moved to an entirely new neighborhood. You were living in an apartment. You moved into a house or you lived in a house. You moved to, and it's just all new. It's all, like, isn't this great? And so now we see how that impacts him on the football field. What do you think about the young stars here? You talk about the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner and how much swag he has, but also his mindset. Garrett Wilson goes for 1,100-plus yards despite playing with four different quarterbacks last year. And again, he seems yeah. to be wired differently. You re-sign Quinton Williams in the offseason. Yeah. There's a cornerstone piece of your defense. You and got Brees Hall. Brees Hall is going to be coming back from the ACL. You got C.J. Mosley, D.J. Reed. I mean, when you think about the roster, there is elite players surrounding that Hall of Fame quarterback. Well, and again, the Hall of Fame quarterback has a chance to make people notice how good these other players are. And everybody can see the type of talent that so many of them have, right? Like, Saw seems like he's a special cornerback. Garrett Wilson, I haven't known his father. I've gotten to know his father oh, a really? bit. His father, wow. Talk about an impressive guy. Yeah. His father, Kenny, is an impressive guy. You ever spend any time with him? You should get him on here as a guest. We he, will do that. He runs, he's like the CEO of his company. Talk about a leader of men, guy that played professional basketball. Yep. Um, I'm a big Kenny Wilson fan. Uh, I still think that there's a feeling in this organization that this is Brees Hall's team hmm. still. So you know that he's going to be a star. And Quinn and Williams, they gave the big – so, yeah, they have – but guess what, Eric? They had all these guys last year, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting <laughs> that what you just said here – a feeling inside the organization. This is Brees yeah, Hall's I think, team. I think there is a feeling like that. How yeah. how impressed were you last year? I think he averaged around. He would have won the offensive rookie of the year. Gary Wilson said as much. He would have run. He would have yeah. won it. Yeah. And so it doesn't go his way because of the injury. But I think he's gonna be ready for the opener. Mm -hmm. I think he'll be ready for the opener. I don't think he's gonna be ready for a full workload in the opener. But I think. My guess is he'll be out there opening night. What do you make of the landscape of the division the Jets reside in? And, Brutal. And <laughs> also the conference. Brutal. Yeah. Tougher. The division's tough and the conference is tougher. Like, if Tua stays healthy, I think Miami's really good. Mm. Buffalo, we know, is really good. And New England's just New England. Mm. There's an aura to them, even though the Patriots have struggled recently. So the division's really hard. And then you factor in the Chiefs. And the Bengals and the Jaguars and the Ravens. I mean, there can't be many times, there can't be many times when there's been a conference more loaded than the AFC is this year. Now, I'm sure we can find certain times in history where there have been a bunch of great teams in one conference, but I'll put the AFC this year because of the quarterbacks Yeah, up against just about any conference at any time. Now, I don't know how it would compare, but you're telling me a conference with Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and Patrick Mahomes Patrick. and Justin Herbert. Like, wow. 
has one conference ever had more great quarterbacks and really good teams ever? And we're just talking. I don't know, but it would be up there right now. That's that's the problem I have is that one of these teams is not going to end up being good or making the playoffs if we can start. Them if you start you start going up the list as far as who's the signal callers on all these teams because only seven teams are making the playoffs, and somebody's not going to go. Um, so, what do you make of the Jets early as far as Rodgers comes in? You mentioned the Bills and then Dallas. I'm not telling you go game, yeah, the game by game. Early on. But but what do they have to do, like, kind of early to navigate the changes and with a new person Play on well. Board? Yeah. Play well, not turn over the football, the obvious things. I'm yeah. not telling you anything you don't know, but their schedule early on is so loaded. There are so many good teams that they play against. But it's a little bit like playing golf. I love when people say, you know, boy, this is such a tough course. Yeah, there are courses that are tougher than others. But here's the deal. If you're playing well and you're hitting good shots, I don't really care where you're playing. Like, you're going to do okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of feel the same way about the Jets or any other team. Like, the schedule can be daunting and brutal. But if you're playing well and you're racking up wins, you don't care who you're playing against. Bring anybody on. And so they have to play good football. Fundamental football, sound football, turnover-free football. They do that, they'll be fine. And it'll take a little time for the communication to develop. Rodgers and Garrett Wilson, Rodgers and the running backs, Rodgers and the offense. I got it. It will. It's going to take a little bit of time. But I think that they think that it could be expedited because of Rodgers' experience in this system. And he's putting some work with the players, and we'll see if it can be. How do you think they're going to handle the external spotlight? One Jets drive, the internal um, production team does a fantastic job covering the Jets. Yep. That, hard knocks is added to the equation this year, and the lights are brighter on the Jets. Absolutely. But to me, it's it's just noise. Yeah. And I think we live in a world where there is so much noise. And here's the bottom line again. I don't mean to oversimplify it. If the Jets win, they're going to rule New York. If they struggle, they're going to be criticized. Yep. That is true of any NFL team in any NFL city. We're doing a Jets podcast today, but if I were doing this in Buffalo or New England or Miami, the answer would be the same. Because of the day and age that we live in, because there are so many voices out there, because there are so many media outlets out there, because there is a rush to rip somebody or have the hot take. If they struggle, they're going to hear it. They know that. I don't have to say that. Yeah. And if they're playing well and they're winning, they'll be kings in New York. Let, let's talk about you real quick. What kind of advice would you give somebody who wants to get in the industry because you've been doing it at an elite level for decades and your platform, you have such an outstanding reach. I'm not saying that somebody's going to become another Adam Schefter, but what kind of advice do you give young, inspiring journalists who are going to get in the sports media business? Well, it's a different business today, and there are so many different ways. So when I get asked this by college kids, you know, for advice, and, and I love to talk to young kids and, and do it often and have done it often, what I would just say is when you go to college, there are 
four summers that you get. And, and I didn't do this. Other people did. I didn't. But I wish that I had taken every one of those summers as an opportunity to try out something new, intern somewhere else, meet other people, see how they do a job, build out my resume that much more. To anybody that's trying to get into the field, go do things. Go try things. You know, if you wanted to work for the New York Jets, I don't care if you're the person who gets a job dusting the mailroom or or cleaning the bathrooms. It doesn't matter to me. Get in the building yeah. and then be the best mailroom duster or bathroom cleaner there is and get the attention of everybody. You just want to get in somewhere and make yourself indispensable doing whatever it is. And you get four cracks in college, four summers to do those kinds of things. You get opportunities during the college years to go work at a student newspaper, a student TV station, a student radio station, a student YouTube channel, whatever sure. it may be. I yeah. mean, it's a different world. Right. There's so many different things. <laughs> yeah. Go do things. Yeah. Go try things. Go experience things. Right? So as long as you're doing those things like that, like I love people who... You know, they, they, they finish college. They say, I want to be, be in sports. Well, did you do anything in sports when you were in college? No. Okay, well, I'm not going to say you can't do it because you can. Right. But your road is just that much longer and harder as opposed to getting some of those experiences while you're in school, I think. I mean, that, that's, that's my two cents. Everybody has their own two cents as to how to do something. But I think that that's true of anybody, whether they want to be in finance or law, or business, or sports, or media, just go do things. Try things. Hearing good things about your Michigan Wolverines this year. We'll see. Huh? Uh, I was lot, coaching them the first four games. A, a, lot, a lot, <laughs> lot of players going to be drafted from this team. Well, I will say this. I had uh, somebody at the school tell me recently, they said last year Georgia had 15 players Drafted in the NFL, and Georgia's won, what, two straight national two championships? Two straight. Kirby Smart. Michigan thinks it's going to have 17 or 18 players drafted this That's year. crazy. Yeah. No, nice job, Harbaugh. Uh, he's, so, he's done a great job. Since you are the ultimate NFL insider, let's end here. Dalvin Cook. A lot of Jets fans are very interested in him and his whereabouts. Where do you think he ultimately lands? Well, we're taping this Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Right? Yes. Yes, we are. Sunday afternoon, so... Who knows what team suffers what injury during the week that could change the equation. But on a flat level playing field, I think he'd like to play in New York. I think he wants to play with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers wants to play with him. But they're a part of money. And so does Dalvin Cook give in some there? Does he not? Do the Jets give in some there? Do they not? You know, to me, Dalvin Cook for the Jets is a luxury type of item. Um, and so, uh, I've always thought it would be the AFC East, the Jets of Miami make the most sense and we'll see. Like I said, a team could lose a running back to injury anytime this week and that could totally shift the equation. But as it stands today, Sunday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, yeah, Jets of Miami make the most sense. We'll see how it shakes out. He grew up a Jets fan on Long Island. That's senior NFL insider for ESPN. 
Adam Schefter. Had fun as always. Thank you for finally coming up Eric, to the we, studio. We, 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 we've done a lot of these over the years, it seems like. I think I've done more with you than I think any other social media team out there. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I've I, always had fun doing it, too. Yeah, thank you, and likewise.